Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's up? It's that time again. Time for the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio, wherever you happen to be. We're glad to have you with us for the next three hours. We're going to make it fun and hopefully informative along the way, but we'll take fun first. We're live in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Cruise in effect. Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley. We'll hear from all of them, especially in the third hour of the program. When we do our weekly NFL picks, that all still to come. A lot of things on my mind. Just watching things on Saturday. Looking forward. Well, I say looking forward, but it's not a great Sunday NFL slate at all. But one big time game in the AFC that we're going to spend some time on. And a story that maybe you don't know that you need to start paying attention to. But, you know, I can start with Alabama LSU. But that was about what we expected it to be. I could start with Ohio State and Michigan State, even with players down. That's also pretty much exactly what we expected it to be. I could start with Clemson and Virginia Tech. Pretty much what we thought that one was going to be. There's a lot of, yeah, we expected it. Florida over Tennessee, yes. Texas A&M doing enough to get past Auburn, yes. But I'm going to give the opening segment of this show across the country. And my name is Jason Martin, by the way. As you walk through the door, you'll see that on the desk. I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. You can find me there. You can find us at 877-99 on Fox if you want to call the show. 996-6369. I'm going to give the spotlight to... BYU and Coastal Carolina. 
because in a year that has sucked on so many fronts, this was the opposite of suck. This was fun. This was good. Now, you know, we can now not have to talk about BYU again, but really both these teams, both these schools, both these coaching staffs, they should be commended for making this happen. Coastal Carolina was set to play Liberty and 2020 intervened. And it usually sucks when it intervenes, usually because of COVID-19. That's the story here. And then Coastal's athletic director, BYU's athletic director, made it happen. By Thursday, they had a game schedule between Coastal and BYU. BYU, I think, schedule was in the 90s. Jumped down to the 50s because of this game. Because, yes, Coastal Carolina was ranked in the top 20. BYU was 13th. Coastal Carolina, I believe, was 18th. That's the kind of year that it has been. When I say 2020 sucks, one thing that we have seen is Indiana, Coastal Carolina, some of these schools, Liberty, another example, certainly, and BYU is certainly a a school with a rich football tradition. I have tried to figure out, and there's no way to really have this argument, whether or not this all would have happened had it not been for the unique circumstances of 2020, and I just don't know. Like, we're seeing a lot of schools playing only their own conference without the cupcakes in the middle. But more than anything, there's just such a different lack of interest in some things. There are just the the lack of a home field advantage anywhere. Games being canceled left and right. There's so much out there. I said at the very beginning of this show, if you've never listened to me before, welcome, first of all. I appreciate it. If you have then you've probably heard me say this already. I said, don't be surprised by anything you see in college football this year because nothing this year, period, should surprise you. So the fact that Coastal Carolina is now 10-0, and that's right there at the top of the list. I never would have seen that coming. I would tell you I'm surprised by it, but I already set the stage that you shouldn't be. Nothing was going to make sense. Now, the cream of the crop is still the cream of the crop. Alabama is undefeated. Ohio State is undefeated. Clemson's taken a loss, but they've lost to a good Notre Dame team, at the very least, and they lost without Trevor Lawrence playing, as well as a couple of defensive guys that I think if they had all those guys, they'd probably beat Notre Dame because they're better than Notre Dame. But Coastal Carolina and the Liberty story and the BYU story and things of that nature being quite to the degree that they've been is substantial. Some of the teams that are ranked and some that aren't. We've spent a lot of time in the last month talking about Michigan's failings and Penn State's failings. Now, Penn State got by Rutgers this week. But all of it is just, to me, par for the course of 2020. But amidst the bad, there's always a good story somewhere. And BYU Coastal Carolina is the best story of the year. They made this happen between two top 20 teams, and then they went out there and played a really fun, well, just well-played game between two teams that gave themselves an opportunity to be seen by an audience that otherwise probably hasn't paid too much attention to either one. Did we know who Zach Wilson was? Yes. How much BYU football have you watched, though? Probably not a lot. 
the shot to clears, that's a great story. Every week you see that on the ticker, or maybe you see it on college football final, which is actually in front of me on the screen here. Or you you see it somewhere else, like on highlights, or you hear somebody mention it. But how much Coastal Carolina football have you seen in 2020? All those are valid questions to ask. Would this have happened without what we've seen? I don't know. But I know this was good. BYU flies over 2,000 miles, basically to Myrtle Beach, to Conway, South Carolina. We've got a guy, I saw Ryan McGee of ESPN tweet this out. Man, capitalism going to capitalism. you got to love it in America. Mormons versus mullet shirts. We already had the Catholics versus convicts 30 for 30, but Mormons versus mullets and, and just this game being played, this should this is ripe for a movie. It's ripe for a documentary. Two quarterbacks, we knew what Zach Wilson was going to be, but Coastal's got a freshman in Grayson McCall who didn't throw a ton of passes but was still very good. You had a running back go for 132 and two scores, and then you had a Coastal defense that was able to largely bottle up BYU. And that pretty much, again, ends the BYU discussion for the year. But you've got a Coastal Carolina team, program, that's beaten two ranked teams this year, that's beaten Appalachian State, that you've never heard of before. You've got a coach that's, this is probably a one and done for him in terms of now we know who he is and he's not going to be there next year. Doesn't look like he's going to South Carolina because Shane Beamer out of Oklahoma is going to take that gig. But Vanderbilt is open. It's possible Tennessee comes open. There are other big time openings that are likely to be there also. You can't imagine a guy at Coastal who's 10-0 is still going to be there next year unless there are some other challenges that we don't know about that are coming that way. But you had a close game that then comes down to the final play. What you get is an 82-yard necessity for BYU to win the game. And their quarterback, who's been sort of uh, outside, he gets mentioned in Heisman deals, he gets mentioned as a first-round, maybe a second-round draft pick as a quarterback. He looks like he's 10 years old when you see his photos. And here's Zach Wilson with an opportunity to get it done. He throws a huge ball down the right side to get it near midfield. They actually get a shot with three seconds left. They're able to throw from inside the 30-yard line. Completes it. And I saw it before the snap. That guy wasn't covered, at least not directly. He was going to have room to get free, and the receiver did out of the slot. And Wilson finds him, and he gets Dyson at the one-yard line. He gets Kevin Dyson, meaning the Titans-Rams Super Bowl from back in the day. He gets stopped. The receiver gets stopped somewhere around the two. It was almost the one-yard line, but it was so close, and it was at Coastal. And then, of course, you get celebration and everything else. But this was a thrilling finish to a game that wasn't going to take place midweek between two top 20 teams who found a way. And I think you can actually take this and extrapolate a lesson even further and just say, that's what we've got to do. 
not just college football or the NFL or sports, but just all of us in our lives. Like there's a lesson to be taken from that, that man, just find a way. Now there are times when you can't find a way, but this right here was just a wonderful thing for both these schools. And look, BYU knew, and maybe they were confident they were going to come in and win, but BYU knew, hey, if we lose, our season's a wrap, man. We're done. There's nothing else that's going to happen here, you know? And so they go get beat, and now, okay, now BYU's just going to go on and finish probably with one loss, and they'll play in a bowl game, and that'll be it. There won't be a Heisman to talk about anymore. But I applaud him. Last week, I dogged him a little bit for not dodging Washington, but for not allowing the optics to play out in their favor. It wasn't that they didn't want to play Washington. It's that they didn't want to get, they didn't want to schedule a game Washington could then get out of if they had a chance to play Utah. I get that, except that if you're BYU, you want it to look like you're the aggrieved party, and you would have been in this case. So I didn't like that, but I think they made up for it. And in the process, gave us an awesome, awesome football game. There was just a ton of fun. Here's how the final play sounded for Coastal Carolina from their radio broadcast. Just listen to what college football can sound like with the passion and the energy of a game that really felt like it mattered between two schools that you otherwise don't usually think about. Listen to this. Wilson. Pressure coming, looks, fires it towards the end zone. It's going to be caught. He's going to be stopped. He's stopped at the two-yard line. And the shot of clearance have pulled the upset of the season in college football. That right there sounded like college football. If you saw the stands, yeah, there were some folks that were definitely lubed up in the seats. I don't know how well social distancing was being followed, but this was a party. This was a party in Myrtle Beach where they don't even need a reason to party. But they've got a football team that's undefeated who know they're not going to play in the college football playoff. That won't happen. But this right here is going to maybe be the most memorable game played all year. You may not remember who wins the national championship, or you may not care. Like, you may be, oh, it's another Clemson year, it's an Alabama year. Ten years from now, you're not going to remember it based on that year. But if somebody says Coastal Carolina and BYU, I actually think you're going to remember it because that's rare. You didn't see that one coming. So in effect, what they did yesterday was enough on its own. Last week, I did a topic about whether or not college football just doesn't feel like it matters this year. With all the circumstances, how many games are being canceled and the way in which the rankings just don't really make sense. And here's Ohio State playing six games. They're getting in. Teams that are playing 10 aren't going to get in. And, like, there's so many arguments and things that are going on, not to even mention the the Herb Street thing that went on on Tuesday night on ESPN that he ended up apologizing for, suggesting Michigan well, – I didn't think he was doing anything specific, but came across to some like he was suggesting Michigan was going to duck out of the Ohio State game so they wouldn't get humiliated – There's all of this stuff going on. It hasn't felt right at all. Not at all. But the lasting imprint of this season, I don't think it's going to be whoever wins the championship. 
I mean, if I asked you who won it four years ago, how long do you have to think before you get it? Well, it might not have to take long because you could just say, uh, Alabama or Clemson, and you'd probably be right. But Coastal Carolina BYU, that's the game of the year. And I think it probably still will be unless you have an all-time classic on-field battle in either the semi or the final. And usually the college football playoff hadn't given us much. We got a great game with Clemson and Ohio State that had a couple of big-time calls that went Clemson's way, and that became controversial. And so we ended up spending hours the night of that game when we were on right here on Fox Sports Radio talking about that. But I think when we get to the end of this season, if we are going down and saying, well, what were the highlights of this year? I think you'll look at Penix Jr. at Indiana stretching out to beat Penn State in the first week of the season. I think you'll talk about probably what Kyle Trask has done at Florida a little bit. You'll certainly talk about Justin Fields being darn near perfect as a quarterback. You'll talk about COVID first above all of it. But the game that you will remember, if any, and it'll just have to be just jog your memory. Hey, you remember when Coastal Carolina hosted BYU because Liberty couldn't play? because of COVID-19, and then it ends up coming down to the one-yard line. I actually think I'm going to remember that. I think five years from now, I'll still remember that. I think 10 years, God willing, if I'm still on the planet, I'm going to remember Coastal Carolina and BYU. And I think that was worthy of the first segment going to them. No, that's not Lakers. That's not Yankees. That's not the big-time deal. It's not the Patriots stories or the Cowboys or something like that. But I think Coastal Carolina and BYU on Saturday was an example of we're going to make a way. And amidst a tumultuous 2020 all around us, I hope you sat back and were able to watch some of that, at least the second half, at least the fourth quarter, some of it. Because that was just a bunch of, a bunch of young men and, and two schools that found a way and knew that it was all positives. I don't even care that BYU lost. I have more respect for BYU just making that happen than I would had they not done it and beaten everybody else 90 to nothing. I don't care. The fact that they lost, whatever. They weren't going to the college football playoff anyway. This right here, to me, means as much, if not more, than whatever we're going to see for the rest of the season. And certainly it will be the most memorable thing from this otherwise kind of forgettable, weird college football season that just kind of goes par for the course. When we come back, we will shift gears. We'll talk, and we'll, we may get back to college, but I want to talk about Patrick Mahomes when we come back. I want to talk about the MVP of the league, no doubt MVP of the league, and the problem that I foresee for his career in terms of he's just being Patrick Mahomes, and, and so we can't keep giving him, him the MVP false it's time to dispel that narrative right now before it ever gets chance to grow we will do that next i'm on twitter at jmart radio hit me up with your thoughts there we'll be right back on fox sports radio 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico. It's December. That means it's that music for the month, which is all right. If my wife happened to be up, which she's not, I promise you that, she would be excited about all of this. The struggle is real in our home in terms of the holiday music, Christmas music. But it's all good. Also means that 2020 is soon coming to an end. We talked about Coastal and BYU there in that first segment, and I thought that it deserved it. You know, we could have talked about Shane Beamer leaving Oklahoma to go become the next head coach at South Carolina, which is something that <laughs> how you Mike Bobo's the interim coach there, right? After they fired Muschamp, he's in the midst of his press conference and he finds out that they've hired Shane Beamer. Shane Beamer, the son of Frank Beamer, the legendary Virginia Tech coach. The amazing thing about Shane Beamer is he's never been an OC or a DC in his career. Now he was an assistant coach there under Lincoln Riley and he used to be a special teams coach at South Carolina. He's apparently super popular. I believe he's 43 years old. This is amazing. Like if this works, he could be there forever. And apparently everybody loves this guy. 
but man, is the record is the record then the resume a little bit then. Got the pedigree. He was with Spurrier at South Carolina in that aforementioned lower role, and then he's been with Lincoln Riley. So I mean, all this could work. He was a Gamecocks assistant for what three years, 2007 to 2010. He was a special teams coordinator, recruiting coordinator. Is what he was. But you had multiple players, multiple former Gamecocks that were on Twitter saying, please hire this guy. Listen to this statement from The Athletic. In a Zoom session Tanner held with more than 80 former South Carolina players two weeks ago, Beamer was the candidate most mentioned. Beamer, 43, has never served as an offensive or defensive coordinator but sold the Gamecocks on his ability to build a program and hire quality assistants to run the offense and defense. Wow. SEC school. Thinking way out of the box in terms of not bringing in an experienced guy but bringing in somebody that the former players like and certainly somebody that if this turns out to be a good hire... You could have somebody there for a long, long time because he is not someone that's in his 60s or in his 70s. He's 43 years old. Youth can be a real good thing if you catch it at the right time. Clemson got Dabo, and people hated that right up until they loved it. They hated it, thought it was the worst. I don't know if it was Pat 40 or somebody at Yahoo. I think it was Pat 40 that rated that the worst coaching hire when it was made of that entire class, just saying it's just baffling. Dabo's not ready for this job, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't get them all right. I'm not trying to bash on Pat. He's actually said the same thing, I think, since. Just, yep, got that one wrong. Cold take. Freezing cold take. So we'll see what people have to say about this. Maybe not very much. But youth matters. And from there, I want to go to Patrick Mahomes. Youth matters. Patrick Mahomes is still very young. And he's the MVP of the league. I don't even have the numbers in front of me right now, but I don't care. And that that's, that's the large sort of takeaway here. Is that I actually asked a question on my daily radio show here in Nashville, where I live, this week and asked who the NFL MVP was. And certainly here, Derrick Henry's going to get a lot of love. The running back for the Tennessee Titans that if he, by the way, if he averages 125 for the rest of this season per game, which is very doable, especially against the schedule they have, uh, he'll hit 2,000 yards rushing this season. But the arguments against Mahomes were kind of fascinating. They weren't that Mahomes was bad. They were, it's just, this is what Patrick Mahomes does. That right there has to go away. Patrick Mahomes right now, 3,497 yards. You know who has more than him this year? Nobody. Completion percentage is 68.8. There are a couple that have a point or two higher. Russell Wilson's got a 70% completion percentage. Deshaun Watson's got one-tenth of a point higher. And I could probably find a few others down here. Teddy Bridgewater actually has a 70% completion percentage this season. But Mahomes has also thrown 30 passes more than Russ and 70 passes more than Teddy. He's averaging 
per pass, 30 touchdowns, and two interceptions. A passer rating of 115.5. Aaron Rodgers, only one with a better one at 117.6, and he has 33 touchdowns and four interceptions. But what we've seen, and we've seen this in the NBA, I think, more than anywhere else, is that most valuable ends up going to different people just because it goes to different people. Like, we have to, we can't give it to them every year. Bad argument. Yes, you can. Shaquille O'Neal is still salty. I remember seeing him on an NBA TV special years ago, and they were talking about the 10 best players of the decade and who you might take off the 50 best list to add some of the newer stars and who would make it. And, of course, you would have LeBron there and Tim Duncan there and guys that weren't part of that celebration when they had the 50 best players show up at the All-Star game. That was the list that they were looking at. And Shaquille O'Neal got real salty and real sensitive when they brought up Steve Nash. And it was because Steve Nash had won a couple of MVPs. And Shaq was just like, look, he was a good player, but I was the MVP. But they couldn't give it to me every year, so they started giving it to guys like Steve Nash. Even when I was winning the championship those years. And his argument was right. And LeBron has kind of seen the same thing happen to him. At different times through his career. Yeah, last year I said Kawhi Leonard was the best player in the world. I thought he was, offensively and defensively. And I still think when he is at his best, he can be the best all-around player because he doesn't have 60,000 NBA minutes like LeBron James does at this point in his career. And you might be able to point to Durant. I want to see Durant win somewhere where they don't have stars everywhere and where there's pressure on him more than ever before. But I like Durant, too. I had him as 1B, certainly, and right there with LeBron, right there with Kawhi. But LeBron could win it every year, and nobody's really going to argue it because if you say who's the best player in the world, most people are going to say LeBron. I wouldn't disagree with them if they did. I might have picked nits and said, well, I think Kawhi was better in this and this and this and this and this, but he's the guy that moves the needle. And now you've got Patrick Mahomes here, and the argument against Mahomes is either it's, it's one of two things. Either he's got all these weapons, or it's, well, this is just what he did last year. Right? So what? This is just what he did two years ago. Right? So what? Is he the best player or not? It doesn't matter what he did in terms of, well, he hasn't improved upon what he did last year. Right, he won the Super Bowl last year. He was a Super Bowl MVP. And now this year, the only team to beat them is a team in division that does seem to have a knack to be able to find a way to outscore their defense. What more do you need here? Aaron Rodgers, okay, 33 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's solid. 3,100 yards, solid. Green Bay, maybe the best team in the NFC. That's something I want to discuss in greater detail a little bit later on in the program. Because I think all the teams in the NFC have some kind of a flaw, so who do you like? And I think week to week, it kind of shifts. So if you want to put Rodgers in there, that's fine. I think you've got Mahomes. I think you've got Derrick Henry. I think you've got Aaron Rodgers. Those are your top three. It's not going to go to a running back, even if he runs for 2,000 yards, I don't think. But my vote's going to Mahomes because he's the best player. 
because Patrick Mahomes does things nobody else does, and I don't see anybody else having the level of success at Kansas City he is. And I love Andy Reid. And I love his offensive mind, and I love Hill, and I love Kelsey, and I love all those guys. I think it is a perfect system. But I'm not going to ding Patrick Mahomes because he was lucky enough to find his way into that system. I don't know what would happen to Patrick Mahomes had he gone to a bad team or a team without the same level of weapons. We're never going to know. Sometimes it just works out. Now, we know because LeBron went to a bad Cleveland team how good LeBron was. Michael Jordan joined a bad Bulls team. Mahomes, it was a good spot. He sat behind a veteran quarterback, classy guy that taught him just, you know, the things that he didn't know from a tangible perspective. The the little things, the details, the studying, those kinds of things. And he added that to his all-world skill set, and now you have this guy. So yeah, it was a perfect system, but that I'm not dinging him for that. Just like I'm not dinging him out of the MVP vote because he's been great, but he's always great. That's a terrible, terrible argument. Hideous argument, as a matter of fact. I want to get to Fenley. When we come back, I'm going to tell you a couple of other arguments. One against Aaron Rodgers that I think is even worse than anything I just told you about Mahomes. But you cannot take Patrick Mahomes out of the MVP discussion every year for the next 10 years or only give him two MVPs out of the next 10 years just because we've come to expect this. That's ridiculous. If you come to expect him to be that great, then he's the MVP year after year after year after year. Whether you like him or LeBron or not, how many years have they not been the MVP when they've played? The answer when we get to the end of Patrick Mahomes' career is going to be almost never, if at all. All right, let's go to Finley. He's the MVP of this show for picking the Jets multiple times this season. Finley? Oh, Jason, you had to bring that up, didn't you? I sure did. Oh, my goodness. I you going to do it again today? To be let down. Well, that's a tease for let's stick around for the third hour and find out. Yeah, that's right? right. Yeah. That's right. Little radio TV, tease. Yeah, a little TV radio jargon there. Well, let's start in college football. Number one, Alabama making the case for having the best offensive duo with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. Mac loads up near side, has a man, that's Devontae near side, 10-5, touchdown Alabama! Eli Gold on the Alabama Radio Network. Jones with four touchdown passes, Smith caught three scores for an astounding 235 yards. Bama with the win clinches a spot in the SEC title game against Florida after the 55-17 to drubbing over LSU. Second-ranked Notre Dame slumbering past Syracuse 45-21. The Irish are 10-0. Third-ranked Clemson taking it out on Virginia Tech 45-10. Trevor Lawrence with three touchdowns. Number 10 Miami crumpling up Duke 48-0. Canes quarterback Derek King asserting himself with four scores. 11th-ranked Oklahoma stiffing Baylor 27-14. The Sooners with a spot in the Big 12 championship where they will duel with Iowa State. Number 18, Coastal Carolina disfigures 13th-ranked BYU 22-17. The Cougars got it to the Chanticleer two-yard line as time ran out. In the Pac-12, Cal splitting open 23rd Oregon 21-17. The Ducks have taken an L two weeks in a row. 
Stanford melting down 22nd, Washington 31-26. Cardinal running back Austin Jones rambling off with 138 yards on the ground and two scores. And UCLA putting Arizona State in its place 25-18. Demetric Felton gave the Bruins the go-ahead touchdown with about a minute left in the fourth quarter. And Jason, for the first time in Chip Kelly's tenure as the head coach at UCLA, he has a season-winning record that is now three and two to be specific it is usc next week how excited are you right now finley just uh you 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 finished off with that with ucla being 500 well they are now a game above 500 oh my fault you might say the trojans fans might say they would finish 500 after losing to usc i'm ecstatic you know, it took a lot of time and patience for Chip Kelly to get things in the right direction. People made fun of him. They said that there was no way that this was going to happen, especially looking at what happened the first two years with losing records. But the guy was patient, working on building from the ground up. He has found something in the defense. Jason is playing lights out. They are just devouring quarterbacks, literally. Uh... <laughs> I do not think that means what you think it means, as they say in the Princess Bride. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I I told you I was going to tell you an even worse take that I heard this week, was that Aaron Rodgers can't be the MVP because he's old. I could just go to break right there. Like, what? 33 touchdowns, four interceptions. Not a huge Aaron Rodgers fan just in terms of just what I've seen from him. Not on field, just everything else. But 33 touchdowns and four interceptions, maybe the best team in the NFC, basically because you're on that team. Yeah, that's an MVP candidate. I don't care if he's 95 years old. What does it matter how old he is? Some of the arguments, just 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 common sense, is all I'm asking for here. Is Mahomes the best player in the world? Yes. So is he MV- So is he the MVP? Yes. Unless you do have somebody that has like a Lamar Jackson season last year, Mahomes should win it every year. Unless he actually does go out there and look mortal. If he just looks like Patrick Mahomes, folks, that's not looking mortal. Have you ever seen a Patrick Mahomes before? That becomes the problem. If you're trying to argue against it, well, he just looks like he always looks. Right, he looks like the most valuable player. He looks like the best player in the NFL. He looks like the best player in any team sport. Because nobody else is even near his level in all of the various things that he does. And just as you could say, well, he's got all these weapons. Well, I would be curious to know what those weapons would be doing without him. Some of them would be fine. But I don't think Tyreek Hill's going for over 200 yards against the Bucs last week without Patrick Mahomes playing for him. There are a lot of teams where you could, hey, you know, this quarterback is, he's pretty good and he's got them to seven wins this season. But I bet you I could take 12 other quarterbacks in the league right now, put them in the same spot, and they would have nearly the same record, if not better. Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if you could put anybody in Kansas City and do the kinds of things that he does 
at the end of games that are close. Because the other thing that makes him the most valuable is they need all of what he's doing. Because although it's a big play opportunistic defense, it's an inconsistent defense. It's a defense that can be had. They still got to score more points than I think they should have to score. And that might be the thing that gets them knocked out of the playoffs. If they have a day where Patrick Mahomes only puts up 30, then maybe they lose. They have lost to the Raiders this year. The defense is not great. They have the ability to turn you over, and they have some big names and some talent there. But I'd like to see that a little bit stronger. I'll admit that. But that right there makes Patrick Mahomes even more valuable because they can't afford not to have him play at a Patrick Mahomes level week to week. Just some lazy arguments out there. Don't get seduced over the next five years into we've already seen this, and it's like you're not impressed with it. Be impressed with Patrick Mahomes five years from now, even if he never does anything different than what we're seeing right now, because we've never seen this before. This is on another plane. We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back, Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by Geico, Jason Martin Show. I'm Jason Martin in Nashville, Tennessee, on Twitter at Radio. You can find me there. we still got a couple of more hours of the program to go. 
It is Christmas time. Merry Christmas to you and yours. One casualty so far the college football season of many. And we let off talking about BYU and Coastal Carolina. What a great thing that was and how it might be the most memorable thing that comes out of this season. What's been lost a little bit in the shuffle is... what Kyle Trask has done at Florida. And you can look at what Mac Jones at Alabama has done, and we're we're staring down right now Alabama and Florida in the SEC title game. And you got guys that entered this week with 34 touchdowns if you're Trask, 23 for Mac Jones. And the reason he didn't have more really is just because they've got Najee Harris and Florida doesn't have a run game. But Trask, if you look at the schedule that everybody's playing in the SEC, they're playing all conference games and no cupcakes. Trask pace-wise, is technically, from a statistical standpoint, having a better year, I believe now officially, if you look at the numbers, he's having a better year than Burrow did last year at LSU. No one is going to remember this season in terms of just how good Florida was with Trask and with Kyle Pitts in particular. Those two guys, I don't know what what Trask will do on the pro level. I have no idea. I think Pitts is a can't miss unless there's some off-the-field stuff. And I don't know. I'm not suggesting there is. I'm just saying that's always something you can't prepare for. Sometimes there's, there are bad things that happen. But Pitts is 6'6", but runs like a deer from a tight end spot. There were guys that were covering him on Saturday that were about six foot, six foot one, and he would just be over the top and... and Kyle Trask was just able to throw it up in the air and there was no chance anybody could get it but his guy. And Pitts has great hands on top of everything else. He's strong. He's big. He's fast. He's that new kind of tight end. He's going to be a top five pick. If he's not, then somebody's made a gigantic mistake. Multiple teams have made a mistake. Because if you look at the teams in the league that are really succeeding right now, the vast majority of them do have a top flight tight end. Or that's the plan. Like, San Francisco's had just a horrible year because of injuries and everything else, but Kittle's a stud. Kelsey's a stud. A lot of these teams have somebody like that that they can go to, and everybody's looking for another version of that. And Kyle Pitts might be the best of them all. But again, the casualty of college football this year is that I don't think people really fully appreciate how good Kyle Trask in particular has been as a quarterback in Florida. 2,800 yards. He has 34 touchdowns and three interceptions. He's only been sacked eight times. His passer rating is a 196.8. Then if you want to go further, Mac Jones has a 76% completion percentage at Alabama and a 208 passer rating. And these are entering Saturday. Just unbelievable numbers. From those two guys. And what a gem it's going to be to get to watch them against one another. Neither team has a great defense, but they do have a lot of athletes and a lot of studs. But that thing could be a crazy great shootout. But Trask is going to be the guy that has a season that's forgotten because I think largely this college football season is going to be forgotten. I don't think it will be in the NFL, but I think this college football season is going to be remembered, but not because of wins and losses. 
but because of games played and games canceled and all that stuff. Which is why, again, I think Coastal and BYU made the right choice because they played the most memorable game of the year. And I think going in, they probably knew that that's what it was going to be. They didn't know the finish was going to be that good. But that's just that's 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 not even par for the course. We deserve that one. Thank goodness. We'll be back with the second hour of the program next. Second hour of the program on this Sunday morning. It's the first one we've done in the month of December. Glad to have you with us. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Live in the FSR studios brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Hour three, as usual, we'll do the business of picking all the NFL games for this week of action. Not a great slate of games. Hopefully it'll be hopefully we're gonna find out we did better last week than we did two weeks ago in terms of our record, but We'll save that for next hour. Plus, we'll find out if Finley is willing to take the Jets again. But if you happen to watch that game on Wednesday, I want to talk about one of the two teams there specifically. Now, Pittsburgh's undefeated. I still think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. They're my pick for the Super Bowl. They were before the season. Nothing has changed. I'm not going to hit Pittsburgh in the face and say, well, obviously they're not very good based on what they look like Wednesday because I expected that to be sloppy, and it was sloppy. It was flat bad, as a matter of fact. Just not good football. Drops all over the place. Ben didn't look good. There there was just a lot wrong. But I do want to talk about Baltimore here. I'm not usually a hot take guy, and I don't know that this is even a hot take. But I'm just going to say it point blank. I don't think John Harbaugh is the coach of the Ravens after next season. It is possible if they struggle down the stretch, he's not the coach next season. Baltimore's got a significant problem right now. A couple of them, actually. But it starts with this. I don't think that they feel they have a quarterback that can pass consistently enough to win in the NFL. Now, notice the way that I said that. It's not my opinion on whether they have a quarterback. It's my opinion on whether they think they have a quarterback. I don't think they trust Lamar Jackson to throw the ball, especially outside the hash marks. Robert Griffin III was just bad on Wednesday. And I don't think Trace McSorley is in the rookie of the year conversation. We'll just say that. They don't have a quarterback on the roster that I believe that their own organization and coaching staff trust with the ball in his hands as a passer. And that's a significant problem. I've spent time talking about Greg Roman over the past few weeks, and I, I think Greg Roman has a great first act, but can't seem to land the plane after that. He's never evolved anything. He's never changed anything. He just ends up changing zip codes and going somewhere else and doing the same thing. And for a short time, he looks like a genius. And then long term, not as much. Something has to change here. Now, COVID and everything else, I don't want to bang Baltimore too hard either. The same way I don't want to go after Pittsburgh. I just throw that game out. I throw that out with the bathwater. I'm throwing the infant out into the street with the bathwater. That was a terrible game. 
It was played in a weird time. It felt like a scrimmage. Everything about it was wrong. Baltimore was missing half its team. It was just bad. But this isn't a this week thing. This is a this season thing. Baltimore, I still think, is going to make the playoffs because their schedule is pathetically easy from here on out. I think they have to deal with Cleveland once, but outside of that, it's I mean, it's nobody. If they don't make the playoffs or get to double-digit wins, Harbaugh probably definitely does not come back next year because that would be a disaster. But they don't have a quarterback that they believe in based on the way that they call offense. Their run game, not as effective as it was. The quarterback running the football, not anywhere near as effective as it was. They're just very beatable. They're very average. And after the season that they had last year, this has to be seen as a crushing disappointment to Ravens fans out there listening to me who are shaking their heads in the yes direction because they know I'm right. And if you look at Harbaugh's act over the past few weeks, the little tiff with Mike Vrabel after the loss to the Titans, whining after the Steelers game, Harbaugh is feeling pressure. Harbaugh is behaving like a coach who doesn't feel like he has job security right now. And you think about that family. They're going to get together a Christmas dinner. John and Jim Harbaugh, well, I assume they are. Maybe they won't because of COVID. But in for my exercise, for this mind experiment, we have to pretend like things are real and regular. They're going to sit down, and neither one of them is going to be too sure about their job long term. Because I still don't think... Harbaugh coming back to Michigan is too likely. I don't think they fire him, but I think he's able to step down from that job. If they give him another year, it would surprise me, but maybe. John Harbaugh, I still think, probably gets next year. I don't think they're going to let him go this year, but I don't think he's there in two years because I don't think next year they're going to have this fixed. They have built that team wrong, and it's not just because their quarterback situation isn't perfect. Lamar maybe could do more if they had more weapons, but they're built with small, tiny, wide receivers and no alpha dog. They have a tight end whose numbers are outstanding in Andrews, but who is not Kelsey and not Kittle and not like that kind of a tight end. They have a lot of running backs, but it's a passing league for the most part. There are very few exceptions. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, the game of the day in the NFL is going to be Titans-Browns today, just from an 8-3 and versus 8-3 and record perspective. It's an awful day of games. And both those two teams are run first. At best, the Browns are going to succeed more if Baker Mayfield is asked to do less. Now, Tennessee, I think you trust Tannehill and those receivers a little bit more, but it's still Derrick Henry's football team. But generally, that's not the case across the league. And with Greg Roman and the way in which he has structured the offense around the personnel that they have, they've been figured out. It's just as simple as that. 
I could bring up the stats and look them over. But Lamar Jackson is overthrowing receivers, which is just something he's going to do from time to time, maybe a little bit more than other guys. But again, I'm not here to bury Lamar Jackson as being garbage. I've never thought that he was going to be an elite passer in this league because he's not going to be an elite passer in this league. But right now, he's 24th in the league in yards with 1,948. He only has 15 touchdowns on the season. His passer rating is still 93.4. He's been sacked 24 times this year. Their offensive line, when Ronnie Stanley, they paid Ronnie Stanley as they should have, big-time money, and then he got injured immediately before he could even play, and that harmed them a lot. So now they really can't run the ball as effectively as you're used to. The defense is good, but it hasn't been as dominant, I don't think, as we anticipated based on what we had seen last year, or maybe even the last couple of years, from that Martindale crew. But the big concern for Baltimore is if you don't have a quarterback, what do you have? And I think as you approach year four and trying to figure out what you're going to do long term from a money perspective, there is going to be a debate around what Lamar Jackson should be paid. And I don't think John Harbaugh is going to survive it there. And it's not because I don't think he's a pretty good coach. It's just that the writing seems like it's increasingly easy to spot on the wall. And now you're starting to think, oh, maybe the writing is actually on the wall. I'm not just seeing things. And the way in which he's behaving is the giveaway here. He is behaving in a very sort of unprofessional, almost punkish kind of way. The way he's talking to the media, what he's saying in press conferences, even just the look on his face. He is, his heart rate is higher than it needs to be right now. Because I think that he watched last year and thought that was going to be the norm. I'm not sure he realized that his team was built on a foundation of sand, not solid rock. I think he thought that they weren't going to be able to figure out Lamar. And I'm not sure he took seriously what the Titans did to them in the playoffs last year that other teams have now sort of followed suit with. I think his quarterback realized it before he did this year. And so now you have a Baltimore team coming off, I think it was 14-2 and last year. That again, because the schedule favors them, I think probably still make the postseason, but are not a very good football team. And are not a scary football team. Last year, the thing about Baltimore was they were scary because people didn't know how to stop them. This year, they do know how to stop them. Stay home. Make smart defensive calls that you don't have to maneuver too much pre-snap. And make Lamar Jackson beat you. Don't give up the running lanes the same way. And now that the offensive line's depleted, that becomes a bit of an easier task. Again, this is not based on what I saw on Wednesday. I am completely disregarding that game. I know it was played. I just don't care. It felt like 
a scrimmage. It felt like a bowl game nobody cared about. It was just, okay, the Steelers won it. They were the better team. Just get out with the W. Even though they look bad in the process, I don't think that they're a worse team. I don't see them as a lesser now than I did a week ago. And the Ravens, these flaws are already there. Nothing I'm saying right now should be considered at all controversial. Like, you've watched this team too, right? Like, all of this makes sense. But the only thing I did take away from Wednesday was that I don't think that there's a quarterback on the roster that they trust based on their offense. And maybe their offense is just they're not supposed to trust a quarterback that much. But they're going to have to. Because truthfully, they're not built to come from behind because the way their offense is, is built. So, they're going to get beaten in the playoffs. Because if they fall behind by 10 points, they're done. They're not coming back. This ain't the Warriors. The comparison to Steph Curry is not Lamar Jackson, it's Patrick Mahomes. They can come back. They have come back. And they win games close all the time. Baltimore falls behind. They don't have the three ball. They've really got a run game. They're a possession kind of team when it's done right. It seemed like last year they were scoring in 90 seconds a lot of times and putting up all these points. But now that they're not putting them up, teams are taking advantage of them. Their defense is out there more often than usual. And they are, to me, even though I don't fully believe in the Browns, I think they're the third best team in the AFC North. Without a quarterback to look for the future and say, okay, that guy's going to get it done as a passer in a passing offense. And I don't know how much blame I put on Lamar, but I do put a lot of blame on Greg Roman. And I do put some blame on John Harbaugh. The coaching this year from those two gentlemen hasn't blown me away. The scheme from Roman, it just doesn't evolve, man. It just doesn't change. But everybody else has evolved around it, figured it out, knows what it is, watched tape, watched film, and now they show up and they look like that they got the answers to the test before they even walked into the room. They had it written on the bottom of their shoe. They had it on their TI-85 calculator. Not speaking from experience, I have no idea what you're talking about. Baltimore has trouble. And it's not trouble that I think is going away right now. So as I said, off the top of this show, or off the top of this hour, I don't think Harbaugh is there after next year. I think they are going to make a drastic change. I don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback spot. They may pay Lamar or they may go get a top flight wide receiver and we're having a different discussion next year. It's still very possible. But watching Harbaugh, pay attention to Harbaugh. That's what I'm asking you. Watch Harbaugh for the rest of the season. Pay attention to how he is acting and think for yourself, why is he acting in this way? And then just realize the pressure that he is putting himself under mentally. And that last year, if he bought into what his team did last year and thought that was a regular occurrence, think about what that's been internally just in his own mind and in his own heart this year 
when he realized that that might have been a mirage of an oasis. It quenched your thirst, and then you got close enough to it that second time around, and it wasn't there anymore. Or maybe it was a real oasis, but it wasn't a deep one, and you were able to drown out of it pretty fast. It's definitely something to watch, folks, because I don't think it's going away. Baltimore's not very good. When we come back, another story that's not very good, and one that you might not know that's happening right here in Nashville with their first-round draft pick of the Tennessee Titans. This right now could go down as one of the worst draft decisions in the history of the NFL. An incredibly sad story, a sobering story that I want you to hear a little bit about in case you haven't heard just how badly it has gone for this young man since he was selected 28th overall by the Titans. I will talk to you about that, and we also want to talk about these flawed NFC teams too. How do you slot these teams from week to week? It just seems like the one you trust this week falls apart the next week. We'll try to we'll try to decipher all this when we come back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It's that time of year. 
Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. That's a good thing, too. Having a home, definitely hard work. Go to geico.com, make it easier. Get a quote, see how much you could save. Geico.com. Again, it's just easy. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio, rolling right along the second hour of the program. This is a story that you just probably don't know nationally. And it's sobering, and I think it should also be something to think about a little bit. Isaiah Wilson was the 29th pick this year in the NFL draft by the Titans. Looking like he's going to be the right tackle. This is a five-star recruit out of New York in Brooklyn. Dominated in the Under Armour All-America game. I think 24-7 sports had him in the top 20. Looking at it right now, 16th highest rated player overall. Went to Georgia. Redshirted in 17. Was a redshirt freshman in 18. And then played in 19 as well. Was second team all SEC in 2019. Then entered the draft. Said no to his last two years of college. So he goes 29th. And a lot of fans here in Nashville, where I do the show, thought that it was, they didn't know the name, didn't like the pick. But the feeling was this, at least the way that it was put out there. This is a guy that had top 10 talent that because he came out early, you could take him, you could probably get him later. If he had stayed in school, he was a top 10 guy. But since he came out, okay, well, he's going to fall. Well, you go ahead and take it because he's got top 10 talent. He's six, six and a half. 350 pounds, had everything that you needed. He's 21 years old right now. And here's what's happened to him since he's been drafted. Credit to uh, an up-and-coming group here in Nashville, A to Z Sports. And a friend of mine, Buck Rising, who wrote it this way. A lot of people put this out there, but I'm just going to read it from Buck. Since being drafted, Titans Isaiah Wilson has been busted by TSU, that's Tennessee State University, campus police at a pandemic party. Yes, he attended a COVID party prior to the season. Nearly jumped out of a second story window balcony to evade them. Yes, that's a thing that happened. He considered, he did not do it. But it was reported he was considering leaping over a banister and jumping off a second story to evade police to either not be caught there or to not be caught doing what he was doing there. He's been involved in two confirmed wrecks. And I know a little bit more about that. Both of them were very expensive vehicles that he's purchased with his guaranteed money. He's had a DUI. One of those wrecks involved a DUI. He's been put on the COVID list twice. The second time, folks, he was put on it for a month. And it's not because he had COVID for a month. I'm here to tell you. Let me just say I'm pretty sure he was put there just because the Titans wanted to just push him away from their 
facility for a while, maybe work him out privately. He also showed up, another thing this doesn't mention, but it's true, he showed up out of shape, heavy, and just wasn't ready to play, wasn't ready to practice, wasn't ready to contribute. And just yesterday, and I think this is because of the second accident where the report finally was made public on Friday, I believe it was, but October the 27th was the second accident. I believe that's why this has happened, but he's been suspended for today's game, which is one of the biggest of the year for the Tennessee Titans, obviously, against the Browns, and at a position where they could use him. This season, he's played four snaps, one for special teams and three in a victory formation in a blowout over the Colts last week. That's what he's done since being drafted. And I could sit here and I could you know, point the finger and all this kind of stuff. I feel really sorry for this young man. Because clearly he does not have anybody around him to tell him how badly he is blowing his future. We look at this and say, how could you throw this away? You idiot, I've got no sympathy for you. But the more that you do this, meaning what I do for a living, the more athletes that you're around, the more that you talk to, the more of their experiences that you hear, the more sympathy I do gain here. Because I just don't even understand that life. I don't understand what it's like to be Isaiah Wilson, never hearing no my entire life, being in New York, then going down to Georgia, then being drafted in the first round. And look, my family had nothing. I came from nothing if I'm Isaiah Wilson. So now everybody in the family is looking at me as the golden ticket, as the, as the answer, as a savior. But I'm 21 years old, and I, I, I'm still not even fully there yet. My prefrontal cortex, there's still growth there. I'm on my own for the first time. Maybe I've got a little bit of a weed problem. Maybe I've got an alcohol problem. Maybe I've got a partying problem. Maybe I'm just really immature. But I'm making millions of dollars. And I don't have financial planners inside of an organization to help me spend it right. Or to even tell me when I'm making mistakes. I'm going and buying multiple cars or I'm going and buying houses on a rookie deal as opposed to that second contract when you really get paid. And I haven't done anything yet. And I don't realize that next year there's going to be a new draft pick. And I've blown my chance. This season, the Titans offensive line has suffered losses to its all-world left tackle Taylor Lewan and his backup. The right tackles had to move at different times. The center has been knocked out. Multiple guys have been out. Roger Saffold has been out. Isaiah Wilson 
could have contributed. He was needed if he was ready. Not only was he not ready, he wasn't even at the facility for almost a month because he was put on the COVID list because of all the problems that he's caused himself. He also went on Instagram, and I I never got clarification as to whether or not this was legit or not, but it was like a locked account, and it was like a photo of him, and it was just talking about, and it had a few pieces of language we can't use on air, but it was basically saying, I'm screwing up my life. And it made me worried for him. The lesson here, first off, if you haven't heard this story, I think it's worth hearing because this is all-time bus-level stuff right here. When you talk to people inside the team, players on the team, they're starting to wash their hands of it. Nobody's rooting for him to fail, but it's just like he can't hear. Whatever you say to him, he just can't hear it. Every bit of news about him since he was drafted has been negative. Everything. He has not been available to the team this year at all. He's been put on list multiple times for illnesses in in addition to the COVID stuff. And again, two wrecks, a DUI, nearly jumped out of a second-story balcony to avoid being busted by campus police at a pandemic party at the height of the outbreak before the season started. This is a first-round draft pick. But I think the lesson here is just to remember that a lot of guys that get into the league and are paid big money still need support like every one of us does. There's the you are what you eat, but there's more than anything, you are what you surround yourself with. And I don't know who's around Isaiah Wilson, but I have my doubts that it's who he needs around him. Nobody in the Titans organization wants to see him fail. But I guess he's he's not reaching out to them. Or he's not listening to them when they're talking to him. This is a sad story. I'm afraid it's going to get sadder. Suspended today, he won't play. They could have possibly used him. I don't know if he would have played or not. He was going to be out, I think, for something else. But he has worked himself into a spot where he's a first-round draft pick that I actually sent a text to a friend of mine in the industry yesterday and just said, I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut him outright. They're a first-round draft pick one year in because this thing is just its untenably bad. I'm hoping to see this turn around. But we got to remember, there's a whole lot of things that can still go wrong for somebody that gets drafted in the first round in a professional sport. That they still need the same kinds of things that we do. I'm hoping he's going to find it. I'm hoping it's not too late. I do have sympathy for him. Because I just don't think he knows any better. And I don't think there's somebody around to get a hold of him, to bring him down, to give him some kind of foundation to kind of let him know, hey, dude, you could have a decade, 15-year career in this league. You have that kind of talent. We've seen it before. Just be cool for a few years. 
I don't know if he's going to get the opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't. I know this is a regional story, but it's more about how bad the story is. Hopefully your team, your franchise, never has something like this. But I do feel sorry for Isaiah Wilson, and I'm I'm rooting for him. But you think of a worse story coming out of the draft than this. That laundry list of things that have happened since he's been taken by this team. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Seems like the team, the franchise, the players, everybody's at the end of their rope. I know he lives here. Maybe he's listening right now. I have no idea. Reach out to somebody, my friend. There are people that want to help you. The organization still wants to help you. But you're about one more incident away from being a first-rounder cut outright. Just get out of here. We're better off without you. And if somebody is dealing with the kinds of things that he must be struggling with mentally and, and just continuing to fall over and trip over his own shoelaces all the time, what happens to him if this opportunity is all of a sudden snatched away and his reputation is so bad nobody picks him up and he's 21 years old? Somebody get a hold of him, please. Let's go to Brian Finley and find out what's going on. B? Yeah, Jason, we've got a cornucopia of noteworthy college football night games to highlight. Number one, Alabama eye-rolling at LSU 55-17. to Mac Jones with four touchdowns. Bama gets Florida in the upcoming SEC title game. Third-ranked Clemson laughing at Virginia Tech 45-10. to Trevor Lawrence added three touchdowns. Number 10, Miami traumatizes Duke 48 to nothing. Kane's QB, De'Ara King, asserting himself with four scores. 11th-ranked Oklahoma wrangles Baylor 27-14 to capture a spot in the Big 12 championship where they'll duel with Iowa State. Number 10, excuse me, number 18, Coastal Carolina hindering 13th-ranked BYU 22-17. The Cougars got it to the Chanticleer two-yard line as time ran out. In the Pac-12, Cal pacifies number 23, Oregon 21-17. The Ducks saddled with nine penalties and two turnovers. And Stanford eclipses number 22, Washington 31-26. Cardinal running back Austin Jones, 138 yards on the ground and two scores. And finally, according to reports, Shane Bieber, the Oklahoma Sooner assistant head coach slash tight ends coach, feeling empowered to take over and clean up the South Carolina football program. Jason Martin, yeah, like you said, he's young, but he has a long lineage being a part of that program. So maybe he is the guy to put some life into what's going on in Columbia. Well, when he was there, he was there with Spurrier, and Spurrier is what made that job. It kind of took it to a new level. Certainly, it was an attractive position because it's a fun place to be. It's a great fan base, and that university is a lot of fun when it is winning. No question about that. It can be a really tough place to play as well. So it's a good situation to walk into. But, man, it's a thin resume when you look at it overall. So it's probably too early to tell. If the former players like it, I tend to like that more than anything else. The fact that they're all saying this is the this is the hire we want, I, I like that. I think that uh, A.D. Ray Tanner probably making the right call there. Welcome back to Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Chanticleers. 
head coach was also interviewed by South Carolina, but they didn't end up going with him. But I do think Jamie Chadwell will not be there next year at Coastal, that is. He said after the game, and he was all fire, and he's like, Coastal football is here to stay. And it is, but he's not. Whether it's Vanderbilt, whether it's a school that currently has a head coach but won't at the end of the season, he's going to get an opportunity somewhere else. You don't go 10-0 and at Coastal Carolina. And especially after what we saw on Saturday when everybody was paying attention, there's no possible way that you stay at Coastal. It would be fun if we did have a Mark Few, a Gary Patterson kind of situation, even Chris Peterson for a while at Boise State. I just sense that's not going to happen. I think Billy Napier at Louisiana is probably going to leave also. There are a couple of guys like that at the smaller non-Power 5 schools that are going to be taking some big jobs. If Michigan comes open, I could see Matt Campbell taking that job and leaving Iowa State. That's not exactly on the same plane. Maybe it isn't him, but I think he would be one of the names you would look at. But this is not the Urban Meyer to Texas deal. But Jamie Chadwell's won 10 games at Coastal Carolina this year. He has lost none. And he beat BYU in the game of the year yesterday. Yes, I do think that Chanticleer football is here to stay because the program's not going anywhere. But Jamie Chadwell, that dude is going somewhere. Speaking of coaches, we talked about Harbaugh in the first segment. John Harbaugh today, not Jim Harbaugh. Just mentioned Chadwell there. Is Doug Peterson's time almost up in Philly? That's a question I want to talk about. We'll do that next on the Jason Mart Show on Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Dare. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by Geico. Jason Martin with you. Jason Martin Show here. I'm on Twitter at Jmart Radio. Some of you are corresponding with me there. Always fun. Appreciate that. So the Eagles are 3-7. Three 3-7-1 and, seven. Three, seven and one to be exact. Don't want to forget the tie. Minus 40 point differential. They've lost three in a row. They played a Monday night game that was the very definition of the Billy Madison. We're all dumber for having watched it. Luckily, I didn't watch much of it because I just couldn't. They're one and four on the road. They're two, three, and one at home. They only have a 500 record in the brutal NFC East. And Carson Wentz is out here being sacked 46 times. Only has one more touchdown pass and interception, 16 and 15, respectively. Jalen Hurts came in for like a play on Monday night, and everybody gets ignited. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, <clears throat> the questions about Carson Wentz are certainly viable and legit. Amazing fall that we've seen from him in the past two years, especially. But I think the question's now starting to move a little bit higher up to the head coach. I'm not sure what needs to happen to ignite the, all right, let's move on in our quarterback situation. Wentz looks done. He definitely looks done for now. 46 sacks through 11 games. So he's banged up and hurt. Probably feels like trash. He's already coming back from being injured twice. I think his confidence is completely shot. He just looks done. He either needs to change his scenery or he needs to just go away for a little while. His QBR is 45.8 on the season. I've been on record from moving to Oklahoma on that I didn't think that Jalen Hurts was going to be successful long-term because I didn't trust him as a passer. That's why he lost his job at Alabama is because Tua could throw and he couldn't. Then he went to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, and I thought he played awfully well there. I also thought they'd lose a few games, and they did. But they did make the college football playoff as well. And I thought he played great. I don't know whether or not he can play in the NFL long-term. No idea. I have my doubts, but if there's anybody you want to root for, it's him. Right now with what's going on with the Eagles, why not throw him out there? What do you have to lose? 
I know you still have a chance to win the division if you're the Eagles at 3-7 and seven because, yes, it's that bad. And the rest of your schedule, though, at Green Bay, New Orleans, at Arizona. All right, we're going to lose all three of those games, probably. At Dallas, and then Washington to finish up. So you guys might actually have won your last game. You could easily go 3-12 and 12 here with the tie. 3-12-1 could be the finish. Then you can go maybe draft a quarterback. I don't know. But you've got Hurts there. At least prove he can't do it right now. Because Wentz has proven he can't do it. Bringing him in for one play, the way they did on Monday night, to me was just like, I have no idea. And I think Peterson even said after the game, we're not, uh, we're not fully equipped yet to put Hurts in the way that we could or whatever like that. And he's gotten salty with reporters. Same thing as Harbaugh. I think Peterson's feeling the pressure just like John Harbaugh is. And his usually pretty calm and good demeanor has sort of given way to, I'm over this. But Wentz, there's no statistical category in which which he's good. He's only completing 58% of his passes this season. Do you know where that is in the NFL as a ranking? 31st. Only Drew Locke is worse. And Drew Locke's thrown seven touchdowns and 11 picks. Sam Darnold is better. Three touchdowns, eight picks. You've thrown 16 touchdowns and 15 picks. But it all looks terrible. A lot of it's coming garbage time, too. This feels untenable right now with Wentz, but it's like Peterson's going to go down with the ship. The band's playing when the ship went down. The old Steve Harvey original Kings of Comedy joke about the Titanic. That's what it feels like in Philly. Is Doug Peterson just going to tether his entire career to Carson Wentz? Or is he at least going to give us a look at somebody else? Because I promise you whoever replaces him is definitely going to give us a look at somebody else. This Wentz experiment, I, I mean, I don't. I hope his career's not over, but his current standing right now, his confidence and everything, he's done. He's just done. When we come back, we'll talk about all the flawed NFC teams. How do you slot these teams? Then we'll do our picks. Fun third hour still to come on the Jason Martin Show. It is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us. Third hour of the program, live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. As always, we are brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. I am Jay Mart. I'm on Twitter at jmartradio. You can find me there. Next segment, we will take it to the end of the hour, just predicting the games and talking about what we're going to expect on another busy week and a busy day in the NFL. But there's one thing we just can't seem to figure out right now. It is the NFC. In terms of who's good and who's really good, it changes week after week. And I think the reason why is because every single team in the conference is flawed, maybe fatally flawed. One of them's going to have to come out of this thing. We don't even need to talk about the NFC East, okay? I still believe that Dallas probably gets out of the division, but boy, I wasn't expecting that dog they laid, that egg that they laid on Thanksgiving. Maybe the Giants get out of there. I don't know. Washington's probably going to lose to Pittsburgh on Monday. One would think that'll make them 4-8. and eight. Anyway, I said we're not going to talk about them, then I just talked about them for a minute. That's too much. 
You look at Green Bay, they're eight and three. The Saints are nine and two. Seattle's eight and three. Bucks are seven and five. Rams are seven and four. Arizona's six and five. Minnesota's been playing quietly pretty good football. They're five and six. That's about where you are. The Niners are five and six. They're pretty much out of it, but they're starting to get healthy and they're certainly a better team right now. But when you look at like the AFC, yeah, you know the Steelers are good. You know the Chiefs are good. You're starting to believe the Titans are good. You think the Bills are pretty good. Even the Browns might have your eye. That's five teams that have an eight and three or better record. Dolphins seem pretty good. Colts are a good team. They're seven and four. But in the NFC, you've got the Saints. What's their fatal flaw at nine and two? Well, they don't really have a quarterback right now. And we don't know how healthy Breeze is when he comes back, but we know Taysom Hill is not a passing quarterback. He's not an answer. He can win short term with a lack of film on him and things like that. But if you saw that Denver game, you saw last week, he really can't throw. Their defense is good. Their running game is good. Sean Payton is a genius. So that may still put them ahead of the pack. Seattle is number two in the standings right now at eight and three. What's their fatal flaw? Well, their defense stinks. Russell Wilson has turned it over a little bit more than you expect. The run game hadn't been as good, but they've been banged up in that way. You love Metcalf. You love Lockett. You love Russell Wilson. Dunlap's a good addition. Jamal Adams is a heck of a player. But their defense isn't going to scare anybody. So that's their flaw. Is Russell Wilson good enough to overcome that? Well, let's talk about the third team, the other 8-3 and three team in the conference. Along with Seattle is Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, 33 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Certainly MVP-like numbers if Patrick Mahomes didn't exist. What's their flaw? Their defense stinks. And that can be enough. You love Adams. You like Jones. Aaron Rodgers is playing great football. You like some pieces on the defense. Some pieces on the offensive line. But their defense doesn't scare anybody either. So just from that perspective, those three teams, fatally flawed. There are are reasons why they can lose. Specific reasons that you can point to why they can lose. I'm going to skip over the Giants, who are the four seed right now, and go straight to the Rams at seven and four. They're number five. What's the Rams' fatal flaw? It's Jared Goff. Two weeks ago, he looks awesome against Tampa Bay. Sunday, he doesn't look good at all in a loss. He's just not consistent. There are times when I think he can really play and times when you just aren't sure. You like the defense. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, they've got guys making plays. The run game's not spectacular, but it gets the job done. You love Robert Woods. You like Cooper Cup. You like Higby. You love McVay. Everything's fine except the quarterback, but that's a big problem. Number six, Tampa Bay, 7-5. and five. What's their fatal flaw? Well, their coach and their quarterback hate each other. 
That's the one thing. Tom Brady's being asked to run an offense. Tom Brady doesn't run. He's being asked to throw down the field at his age, and it's just not working out very well. Still, though, they came back and almost beat Kansas City on Sunday. You like their defense. You love Levante David. You love their receivers, Godwin and Evans. Antonio Brown's made a few plays. Gronk's made a few plays. Braid is underrated. Ronald Jones has played well. And it's still Tom Brady, but the Arians-Brady mix, you don't love it. Arians is running Arians' offense, but he really doesn't have a quarterback that where that's conducive. And instead of being flexible, he's being stubborn and throwing his quarterback under the bus in press conferences, and I don't like that at all. Number seven, Arizona, six and five. What's their fatal flaw? Well, Kyler's still a work in progress in some ways. The defense isn't great. But really, I think the flaw might be on the sideline with Kingsbury. Late game situations, his adjustments, his judgment. Nowhere near what it needs to be. You like Kyler a lot. You love DeAndre Hopkins. You still like Fitzgerald. You still like Patrick Peterson. Kenyon Drake's played well. But you don't trust the coach. And at times you don't trust the quarterback. So there's your seven teams, okay? And then you can get to Minnesota and Chicago and everybody else. But just those top seven alone. How good do you feel about any of those teams? Without looking at the schedule, which could make it easier to try and pick through it. But from week to week, you don't know what you're going to get from almost any of them. Because Taysom Hill makes that very much less sure for the Saints. Seattle's defense can lay an egg anytime. Green Bay's defense can lay an egg anytime. The Rams quarterback can lay an egg anytime. Tampa Bay's offense can lay an egg. And Arizona's coach can make bad decisions and their quarterback can be just enough of average to get them beat. I know that you can try to pick this in the AFC and you could try to do this every year, but it just seems like all these NFC teams have glaring flaws. The AFC is the better conference. It's the deeper conference. It seems like it's the more even conference, especially in the middle. But all these teams... Like, I picked Saints-Chiefs before the season and picked the Chiefs to win. I'm not backing off that. If Breeze can come back, maybe him being out for a month is going to help him not get fatigued the same way that he would at his age usually. And maybe he's got a little bit left in the tank in the postseason that carries him. I don't know. The injuries are bad, and he is an older guy, and that worries you. I look at the Seahawks and I just say their defense is not going to get them there. I look at Green Bay and think they could get there, but I still don't love Matt LaFleur as their head coach, and I really still don't like their defense either. So there could be a day where Aaron Rodgers only throws three touchdowns, but he needed four, and they lose. I still love the Rams. I think the Rams are probably the most complete team if their quarterback could just be consistent for a month straight. I would feel better about them. 
So if you're asking me to pick right now, I'm not going to. That makes it really intriguing for us to watch the playoffs because we don't know what we're going to get once we get there. Should be some good games and probably some baffling things happening. And it's very hard to predict. And in the next segment, when we try to pick what these teams are going to do today as they play, I don't think it's going to be any easier. But if you look at the AFC real quick, the Steelers are undefeated. They've got a great defense. Ben's not what he was, but he's still pretty good. They've got a lot of receivers that you like. Their run game, not great. But they can do enough when Connor is healthy. And they have a solid offensive line. They're rushing the passer effectively. Kansas City's got Mahomes and Andy Reid and Biennemi in that offense. And so their defense doesn't even have to play well for them to win. Most of the time, they're 10-1. and one. Tennessee can throw it. They can definitely run it. Their offensive line has been just brutalized with injuries and all of this, but they're holding up. The defense is a problem for you there. Buffalo, it's just, I guess it comes down to whether or not you trust Josh Allen. Defense hasn't been dominant, but it's been decent. Really, if you look at four, five, and six, maybe even seven in the AFC, it's a quarterback deal. Do you believe in Josh Allen? Do you believe in uh, Baker Mayfield? Do you believe in Tua right now or Ryan Fitzpatrick? Do you believe in Phillip Rivers long-term this season with Indianapolis? You can go even further. Do you believe in Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? I think you probably do feel pretty good about Derek Carr right now, but they're an eighth. I think the NFC, I think the I think the problems are much more glaring there. And it's not the same thing for each team, but it's something where you can easily argue that's the thing that will stop them from making it to a Super Bowl. What it means for us as fans of the sport and fans of football is a wide open NFC, especially in the playoffs, that should be a heck of a lot of fun to watch. Unless you're a fan of one of those teams. Because there, you might age yourself like you just had two terms as a president of the United States. If you ever saw like Obama when he got into office and, and when he left office, and it's been true for decades and decades, it just ages you like crazy. This season's going to age a lot of NFC fans because these teams, it's just like just when you love them, they go and lose in inexplicable fashion. Or even when you're Seattle and you win, you play just very uninspired, very, I don't know how I feel about you, kind of football against a terrible Philadelphia team on Monday night, and I don't know how you feel about that one either. NFC is going to be fascinating. When we come back, we'll pick the NFC, we'll pick the AFC, we'll do what we do every week during the NFL season, which is pick the games top to bottom. Plus, we'll find out how we did last week. It's always fun. Don't go anywhere. Tweet me at jmartradio. Who do you like in the NFC? I mean, I kind of like some of these teams, but do I love anybody right now? I don't think so. We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't know if you own or rent your home, but I do know Geico is going to make it easier either way. You can bundle your home and car insurance with Geico. Having a home's hard work, so Geico really wants to try and make it easier for you, and they do it. Go to geico.com, get a quote right now, see how much you could save. Again, the website is geico.com. Easy. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jay Martin in Nashville, Tennessee, on Twitter at jmartradio. All right, it's that time of the week during the NFL season, third hour of the show, where we prick and pick all the games, but we also have to look at what we did last week. All right, Chris, please tell me it was better for us last week than two weeks ago. Balance of power is restored all right. on the Jason Martin show here. As you went 9-5, and five, um, mm. we, all Dolly have, we all did not have, yeah, we all were wrong on Vegas against Atlanta. We all had Vegas in that one. We were all wrong about Rams, 49ers. We all took the Rams in that one. We were all wrong about Arizona, New England. Other than that, though, oh, yeah, we all had Indianapolis over Tennessee. That bombed out, too. And you also had Minnesota off. Uh, so you were 9-5. and five. Me and Eric Roberts, we went 10-4. and four. And as I said, balance power restored. Brian Fenley, uh, probably his worst week here yet, 5-9. and nine. And again, nice. he uh, picked the Jets. So That's like a, a typical producer Eric Pick week five and nine. Technically, I've been the one losing, most, but we'll leave that aside. Uh, all right, okay, all right. It's getting salty here. Let's see what happens <laughs> as we move into this week of the NFL slate. Week thirteen begins in Atlanta. Saints at Falcons. Here we go. The quarterback issues for New Orleans. Atlanta can score and they can trip people up. They've been playing a little bit better football. They absolutely demolished the Raiders last week. That was the old west-to-east game, though. 
I still, I, I don't see why the Saints would lose this game. I don't love Taysom Hill in this spot, but for some reason, I still think the Saints are going to beat the Falcons. I'll tell you why they won't. Though the Falcons will come out hard in this game is just pride. That's some. That is one of those real rivalries that is still the NFL between the Saints and the Falcons. And honestly, I think it's very likely, even with the Falcons being down this year, for them to split the series. So I've got Atlanta in this game. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna go Atlanta too. I, I just, I, it's a division game. They're all kind of wacky, and I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know where we're gonna get from Taysom Hill yet. If they go down by two scores, can he throw them back into a game? I don't, I don't really have faith in it. So I'm gonna pick Atlanta. Yeah, I think Taysom Hill is not even as good as Mark Sanchez, and I'm talking about the butt fumble. Falcons will win this game. Looks like they're gonna have Julio Jones and Todd Gurley back in the fold. Yeah, you kind of made me want to do it, but uh, I. But we all got a bunch of stuff wrong when we all picked it last week, so I'm going to stick with the Saints. Lions at Bears. Good Lord, the Bears are not fun to watch. The Lions, the Matt Patricia era is now officially over. I don't know. A lot of times the interim coach guys play a little bit harder for them because especially if they weren't happy with what they had, there's a new level of freedom. Nobody's expecting all of that much. Chicago's defense is good, but they've been asked to do so very much. I don't know what's going on in the quarterback spot there. I don't know if Matt Nagy's even going to survive this pass this year. It's at Soldier Field, and it's the Lions, but I just look at Detroit. Am I am I really? Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions. I don't know why. I'm going to take the Lions. So I, I, I'm not going to take the Lions. I, I can see people were asking me this week, is there a case to take the Lions? Yeah, there is because Daryl Bevel, you know, offensive coordinator, now the interim coach, he's already come out and said it's basically an audition for him. He wants to, you know, prove he's got the stuff out there. So maybe he'll be emptying the playbook. The problem for his him is that he's probably not going to have DeAndre Swift. He was downgraded to doubtful for Sunday, which if the Lions don't have DeAndre Swift, they don't have a ground game. And if there's only one team, if there's only one team Mitch Trubisky plays well against, it's the Lions. Mm, fair That's point. It. It, it's like... The Lions are uh, – Trubisky is like the Lions kryptonite. A lot of things are the Lions kryptonite, but that more than anything else. Yeah, I'm going to pick the, um, the Lions. I'm going to pick the Bears, guys. I, I just like their defense a little bit more than I like anything else. I'm not like much in this game at all, really, but I think it'll be probably a close one, low scoring. Bears yeah, by over the, the way, I'm, I'm picking the Bears, too. I didn't make that clear. Yeah, yeah I kind of figured, but yeah. By the way, guys, Lions are going to win. Like you said, Jason, I think Detroit and the players are going to be fired up to show Matt Patricia how much they hated him by giving it an extra burst, an extra level. Also, Mitch Trubisky, guys, let's be honest, he's Ryan Leaf 2.0. Yikes. Strong words right there. Cincinnati at Miami. It's the Burrowless Bengals. This is a game Miami's got to have, obviously, if they want to keep pace and stay in that playoff positioning hunt. The quarterback situation, you don't love it right now. Looks like Tua is going to play. I still think Miami's just better. And Cincinnati, again, just the moral hangover of losing Joe Burrow and just how much of a letdown that has to feel like at this point in time, I still like Miami. Yeah, I don't have much on this game. I like Miami, too. Same. Dolphins, pretty good team on both sides of the ball. And they, yeah, no matchup for the Bengals. Yeah, definitely Tua and the Dolphins getting the job done. A lopsided win for Miami. Yeah, we'll see if Tua plays a little bit better. The defense and special teams for Miami have been exquisite throughout much of this year. Jags at Vikings. 
I guess this is where I'll steal the Chris Perfett line and just say, yeah, I don't have very much on this. Minnesota's going to win it. I'll echo you on that and say Minnesota as well. Same. Minnesota, man, sneaky good recently. See, I thought Eric was going to say the Jags were sneaky good. But, yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. Look, I had them winning the Super Bowl, and they're playing like a Super Bowl team or a team that wants to make the playoffs. Minnesota by many. There you go. Now, Las Vegas Raiders at New York Jets. Finley, you lead off. Guys, you know what they say. (laughs) A third time is a charm? If I go with the Jets a third time, are they finally going to go in my favor? Las Vegas has struggled mightily defensively. It's in New York. I'm doing it, guys. YOLO, you only live once. Jets win this game. They are 1-11. Mark the tape after this weekend. We're like, you only try this three, four, five times. <laughs> hey, we're not supposed to. Yeah. Uh, the autumn wind is a pirate. That's all. The Raiders in this one. I, You know what? I, I, There's not many more chances. I think the Jets are going to end the year, and they're, they're not going to go 0-16, I think, just because it's hard to do that. But they're running out of chances for that, and I don't think the Raiders are going to trip up here. Yeah, I told myself last week that I was not going to do it again, and I, I almost did it again, but I'm, I'm not going to pick the Jets again this season, so Raiders. I'm trying to get there. No Josh Jacobs today. It's a west to east, just like Vegas had to do with Atlanta last week. It's the early window on top of it. <sighs> I was right there. Same thing in my head, doing the exact same. Walking out to the ledge. Struggle Jason, is real. Jason, do it. Do it, Jason. Struggle is real. Peer pressure, do it. But the Raiders are like in the playoff hunt. I mean, if they hadn't lost last week, I might even feel. But I'm taking the Raiders. I can't do it, Finley. It's not not this one. I came close, but it's Adam Gase, man. What do you want from me? Yes, yeah. Just keep it rolling. That that's fine. Indianapolis at Houston. So Deshaun Watson doesn't have his one, three, and four wide receivers. They have just turmoil everywhere. He's playing MVP-level football, though. Just outstanding. The sheer lack of interceptions is mind-boggling, considering how risky he can be at times. He's been extraordinary. Any looked terrible last week, but they were banged up and coveted it out. And it was a division game. This is another division game. I could see this being close. The Colts absolutely have to have this. They must have this game. I just as good as Deshaun Watson is, I'm trying to figure out where he goes with the football, and I just don't think there's enough to beat the Colts. No, I don't think there is either. The Colts defense is really good, and they, they've got a pretty good point differential here. And as you say, they need this one to really keep pace in the AFC, which has been very, very competitive. I think I think the Colts make the playoffs, so I'm gonna take the Colts here because again, this their path to playoffs has to go through Houston. Yeah, it's a big bounce back week if they want to make the playoffs. And, you know, Deshaun Watson, it should just be the Watsons because there's really not much else there else there in, with, in Houston. So it's the Colts. The Colts are going to be without, it seems, their left tackle. I still, even mm-hmm. though you would think J.J. Watt will feast, Watson might have the sexier big plays down the field, but the final score, all that matters, it's going to be the Colts. And they will be 8-4, and four, I believe, after this one. 
Okay, the last game in the early window is really the game of the day, especially from a record standpoint. It is Browns at Titans right here where I live in Nashville, Tennessee. Two eight and three teams. One of them is the Browns. You can believe in the Browns. I believe in the Browns. I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender, but I believe that the eight and three is legit. That said, their quarterback I don't think has thrown a pick in a month, meaning Baker Mayfield. I feel like he's due. I feel like he's going to throw two, maybe three picks today against a Tennessee defense that has slowly but surely started to get closer and closer to the football in the secondary. I think Derrick Henry could run the ball. Miles Garrett comes back. You have the number one and number two rushing offenses in the league playing each other today. Should be a really fun game because these teams are similar. The Browns are about a year behind what Tennessee was, but they kind of feel a little bit like Tennessee did last year, at least in some ways. I like the Titans to win and to go to 9-3 and three here because I just don't believe in Baker Mayfield, but I think this ought to be a fun game, maybe not a high-scoring game, but a real ground-and-pound old school. I just think there's too many weapons for Tennessee, and they're just a little bit better. I'm taking the other side on this. I as as I said on the Drew Carey show, Cleveland Rocks. They they've got the pieces here, man. They've they're going to be in the playoffs. I think this is a game they absolutely can beat. And they've got some weapons to really deal with here. And I think on paper, Tennessee is the slightly better team, but Cleveland has been playing with some just absolute fire lately. So I'm gonna take the Browns, which is not something in any other year prior you would ever hear me say. I'm gonna go with the Titans. I just I like the Tannehill Henry combo more than the Mayfield Chubb combo, and I, I feel like it, um, it's gonna come down to one interception probably. Whoever throws that one pick in the fourth, that's and I think yeah, like Jason said, it's Baker's time to kind of you know fall back a peg or two. Titans. We hear all the pundits say it's going to be ground and pound versus ground and pound and Chubb against Derrick Henry, but don't you think that this could actually be the exact opposite because of that with both defenses converging on the run where you're going to see Ryan Tannehill, I believe, spot A.J. Brown in the corner of the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter. Tennessee wins it in a big-time fashion. Yeah, you always have something specific like that as well. I think AJ's going to play well because he always does, and Tannehill will do what he has to do. I think they're going to run it and run it and run it anyway. And the thing about the Titans is you can run it, and they know you're going to run it, and you still run it effectively because Derrick Henry's a freak. Uh, Rams at Cardinals. Here you go. Two of these teams in the NFC West that you like that probably can make the playoffs, but you're not totally sure. Arizona's been going in the wrong direction to me. I'm not enamored at all with Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. I like McVay better. Goff played bad last week. Usually that means he plays better the week after. I think the Rams have a better defense. Kyler struggles. Aaron Donald can feast a little bit in this game. I like the Rams on the road. I don't think the the Cardinals are going to lose three in a row. They they might be a little slipping away. They're, they're probably not going to hit the playoffs this year, but... I could see them pulling this one out. I could see Kyler Murray being able to evade Donald out there, which is hard to do. Probably not going to do it all the time, but he's got the speed to do it. And I like Arizona at home. I'm going to go with the Rams. They've had um since they had that walk off against Seattle. I think they've gotten one and three, and the one win was against the Bills when that and the Hail Murray or whatever people are calling it these days. 
Um, so I'm going to go Rams over Cardinals. Cardinals are slipping a little bit, and they're slipping right out of the playoffs. Jared Goff makes millions, guys, and he is not earning it because of the turnovers. He had three last week, and there's been some confidence issues with him. I think he's in his feelings right now. I think he is a little bit upset with himself, and it's causing some self-doubt. Also, Ben Maller has already claimed that Kyler Murray is a bust. This is going to be the game to prove Ben wrong. Cardinals win. Anybody want to take the Giants over the Seahawks? Nope. Negative. Yeah, don't think I'm going that direction. The Jets, but not the Giants. <laughs> the pause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, well, that's the way I phrase it. I didn't think anybody would. If this were in New York, maybe we'd have an argument. But being in Seattle, I don't think we'd need to waste our time. Anybody want to take the Eagles at Green Bay? Nope. No. No, not going to happen. No. Nope. Yeah. Not. Mm-mm. Yeah, those two are real easy. Uh, Patriots at Chargers. Okay. You still got a rookie quarterback here, and you still got Anthony Lynn, which means if you're New England, you feel like maybe you can win. Cam Newton, I think, is questionable, but my guess is he'll try to play. New England's just not very good. Um, but they have snuck up and beat like they they have shown up and won games like they beat the Cardinals, which is a weird, weird game, and they came back and won that thing anyway. Uh, but I like Justin Herbert, man. I, I feel like Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen – and the way in which they are on the field, even though I don't like Anthony Lynn and some of his decisions are flat baffling, including deciding to run the football in the last two minutes last week, I'd still like the Chargers to win. I like New England here. This is kind of the classic, even though it's a really down year for the Patriots, this has kind of been the classic turnaround where their defense is really bad for a lot of the year, and all of a sudden they start to like put some pieces back together near the end here and yeah as you say they've they've snuck up on some teams they got the Ravens they got the Cardinals Uh, I think both those teams are better than the Chargers right now and the Chargers are just they've they've dealt with a lot of injuries they've dealt with a lot of issues here and I like New England on the road yeah I'm I'm picking Bill Belichick not Anthony Lynn mainly here that's that's what's coming down to we're talking about the close games that they're winning they're winning these games because of Belichick's coaching primarily and it's on the other side of the ball. The Chargers are losing these close games because of Anthony Lynn coaching. So, Belichick over Anthony Lynn. The Chargers continue to invent ways to lose. I think they've invented every way to lose, so that means now they start to win. If Cam Newton is not going to play, let's just say Andy Furman, who has continued to believe that Julian Edelman will be at quarterback, one of the best takes that Andy Furman has ever had on Fox Sports Radio. I don't think we're going to see that. Chargers are going to win in this statement game. All right, so that's it for the early and the afternoon window. The other weird ones, the PM games, the Monday, the Tuesday games, we'll get to those in the final segment of the show. But let's get to Finley now one more time and find out what else is happening in sports. Yeah, Jason, let's keep it in the NFL. According to NFL Media, they have a list of injury updates for today's NFL slate. Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungabailoa is going to reappear in the starting lineup following a thumb problem. Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson will play through a knee injury. Quarterback Nick Foles, coming off a knee ailment, will slot into backup duties. The Falcons are upbeat about having wide receiver Julio Jones and running back Todd Gurley return off injuries. Broncos ball carrier Philip Lindsay, who's been compromised by a knee problem, is on track to play. Seahawks running back Carlos Hyde will tough it out through a stubborn case of turf toe. 
and Chiefs running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire figures to play while dealing with a stomach issue. Quickly in college football from last night, number one Alabama emasculating LSU 55-17. Bama will rendezvous with Florida in the SEC title game. Third-ranked Clemson surprises Virginia Tech 45-10. Tech with three lost fumbles. Number 10 Miami tranquilizes Duke 48-0. Canes QB De'Ara King prospering with four touchdowns and 11th-ranked Oklahoma spellbinds Baylor 27-14 to book a spot in the Big 12 championship where they will play Iowa State. And finally, your lead, Jason, in the first hour, number 18 Coastal Carolina screeching past 13th-ranked BYU 22-17. The Cougars were so close, as you pointed out. They had it at the two-or-so-yard line as time expired. The whole Dyson memory from the Titans-Rams game that brought everybody chills when they thought about how eerily similar the ending was to that one. Jason, back to you. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We'll get to those final four picks uh, in the final segment, Bubba tweets me and says, I'm an Eagles fan of 37 years. Even I wouldn't pick my beloved birds over the pack. Gary tweets us and says 12-3 and three last week. So he's like victory lapping us in our competitions right now. And Mark has, has asked and says, let's see if Brian Fenley has learned his lesson and picks the Bills this week. I'm sure Eric Roberts is chomping at the bit. If he does not, but that's going to be a fun matchup. Some of the ones that we're going to pick here coming up involve some big time teams and a couple that are at least questionable. Although the Sunday night game, man, I'm a Broncos fan and I'm just like, really? We got to put that in prime time. We got to put, we got to put, I know it's because it's Patrick Mahomes. You're putting him in prime time, but man, alive. That's uh, that's a rough one. When you look at the slate as a whole, it's just not a it's just not a conglomeration of particularly good football games. But we do have one on Tuesday because of what happened on Wednesday of last week and two games on Monday in addition to the Sunday night game. So there's still a lot here on the schedule. Again, when we look at just the things that we have already selected up to this point, you just I picked the Saints, but I was alone there, and they're the team with the best record in the NFC. We all picked Green Bay. We all picked Seattle, but they're playing against two NFC East teams where both Seattle and Green Bay have more wins than the two teams that are on the opposite side of the ledger combined. The Rams are playing the Cardinals. The Cardinals lose. That might be about it for them this year. But you don't know how you feel about the Rams either because of golf and the confidence issues that we discussed. Like that goes back to the opening of the third hour here on this show. It's just there's all these NFC teams, but are you really wanting to lay money on anybody right now if you're a gambler? And I would say no. I'm not a gambler, but it would be easy for me to just keep my wallet firmly in my pocket at this point in time if it was coming down to the NFC, because I just don't know who I can trust. Because everybody has something you can point to and say, yeah, that right there is significant. And it I don't know how you fix it, but they need to fix it if they hope to get to a Super Bowl. That becomes your issue. So we got four more games. We'll pick those when we come back. Continue to tweet your thoughts 
at Jmart Radio. Always appreciate getting those. We'll finish up the program next. Stick with us. Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. We've had a fun time this morning on the Jason Martin Show, opening up the month of December, talking a lot of ball with you. Appreciate you being a part of the program. You can always be a part of whatever it is that I'm up to on Twitter at Jmart Radio. Podcast all the weekend shows. Just look up Fox Sports Weekends wherever you get your podcast. You can catch up on all the shows that you miss across the weekend. Some of the guys you don't hear five days a week, but definitely want to check them out. Coming up next, two guys you definitely want to hear from, Andy Furman and Brian No Fox Football Sunday. Always a fun listen for me, at least for the 20 minutes before I fall and pass out. Once I finally get home, it is 4.50 a.m. where I happen to be here in Nashville. Site of the game of the week in the NFL. Uh, at least from my vantage point, two eight and three teams, really intriguing teams, and it should be a good football game today between those two squads. We got four more to get to in our predictions, so let's get to those right now. The PM game is indeed the Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City generally doesn't blow people out. They just outscore them. Here they're going to blow somebody out. The whole reason this game stays on NBC, there was talk about a week and a half ago of flexing Browns-Titans into this. But it didn't end up happening. The reason you don't do it is because you have an opportunity for Patrick Mahomes in prime time. This is a showcase game for him. Denver and Fangio do have an okay defense. Not going to be enough. Kansas City easily in a game that sends us all to bed very early. Yeah, just just go with Kansas City here. It's it's all good. Yeah, no, no reason to get cute here, Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs, they could win this game if they were blindfolded, if they play with nine guys on the field. Heck, if they play with all four of us that are in this radio show, used us as four wide receivers with Mahomes, a quarterback, we would beat Denver. Easy. Easy, (laughs) Finley. It's still my squad. Like, please. Washington at Pittsburgh. Washington can be a little stingy. They play hard. I feel like they're well-coached. But Pittsburgh had their dog game. I don't think they're going to show up half rear-ended after what happened on Wednesday. I think they'll be ready to play. I think they're still a little ticked off from their schedule being jacked around. I think the Steelers are going to take it out on Washington's football team. Yeah, I I, I don't think they're a bad 11-0 team. I think they've got issues. They've got weaknesses. Washington is not the team to expose those weaknesses. Yeah, I... Sorry, I need the I need the Steelers to be uh, undefeated so the Bills can hand them that first L. So they'll, yeah. they'll handle Washington. Yeah. Let's see, the Bills have three L's. They're going to get another one here uh, later today. But speaking of the Steelers, yeah, they're going to win. Mike Tomlin from the last game, he was so upset with his defense. Imagine if they don't put together a better effort, what he'll say to them. I, I can't even imagine being in that locker room, him ripping into his guys. When you look at it, they play Washington. We all picked the Steelers there. Then they play at Buffalo, as Eric just mentioned. We'll talk about the Bills here in just a second. They get past that. At Cincy, that should be a win. Versus the Colts, we'll see. And then at Browns is how you finish. Can they go 16-0? Yes. It's not the easiest schedule, but every game is certainly winnable for this team. Losing Bud Dupree, though, is huge. Changes their pass rush significantly. He was second on the team in sacks, I believe. Maybe it was third, but it's like seven and a half sacks. Uh, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. I think he's going to be elsewhere. Possible talk he might be in Nashville. At least that's something we've been discussing uh, all season long. That would be intriguing, but a tough loss 
for Pittsburgh's defense to lose him for the season with the ACL on Wednesday. Buffalo at San Francisco. San Francisco getting guys healthy. I didn't think Garoppolo was the key to their success, so his absence doesn't mean that I'm going to fade them completely just because of that. I think that they're okay, and I love Kyle Shanahan. Bills in primetime on Monday Night Football. Are they for real? This is the kind of game that you have to win, and San Francisco is a sneaky, tough team in this situation. But I'm going with the fight in Eric Roberts. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the Bills. I think they are a for-real kind of football team, and this will be a this will be a close game, but I'll take Buffalo. Yeah, I'll take Buffalo as well here. Same. They're uh, full strength. I believe I, I, didn't, I don't think there's anybody on the injury report. They're full full squad all week. Defense has gotten a lot better. Buffalo. 49ers won on the road last week. I think Josh Allen is going to puke metaphorically all over the field. Niners win, get the upset win. Yep, well, there's the tweet's response. Are you going to get smart and pick the Bills? The answer to that, no. But he did pick the Jets again. Dallas at Baltimore finishes this up. It's a Tuesday night game. Baltimore's going to have Ingram back. They're going to have Calais Campbell back. They're starting to get some guys back off the COVID list. Dallas can lose to anybody, and they can sneak up and beat anybody. This, though, when you look at Baltimore's easy schedule, I think Baltimore wins it. This takes them kind of on more of a winning path against some really bad teams to end their season, but I think the Ravens win. Yep, Ravens for me. I'm going Cowboys. Well, Wow, I'm going Ravens. All right, three, and Eric goes with the Cowboys, and that finishes us up for Chris, for Eric, for Brian. I'm Jason. We'll do it again next week. Fox Football Sunday coming up next. Enjoy it. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.